Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Uh, we're beginning a brand new series for the month of May, and I'm really, really excited about it. You can see behind me, it's called Faith of Our Fathers. Faith of Our Fathers, we'll talk more about it in a moment, what this means to us and what some of these people mean to us even personally. I want you to open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11, and I want you to open your Bible to John 4 and Mark 5 as we look at the inerrant, the inspired, the infallible word of the living God, which did not change the last seven weeks and will never change. Our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we used to say around here a lot, the word always works for those who work the word. That's what our month is this month, faith of our fathers. Hebrews eleven thirty two says this, the God's Faith Hall of Fame chapter, Hebrews 11, verse 32. And what more shall I say, the writer says, for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith, everybody say through faith, even if you're in your home right now, say it out loud, through faith, with your kids, through faith, who through faith, look what they did, subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong. Out of weakness were made strong. I'll say it again, out of weakness were made strong. Became valiant in battles, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. And that's not like Independence Day, other planet aliens, that's invaders. John chapter four, verse 38. By the way, I'm really missing my jokes either landing. Listen, we've had even more silence with my jokes than usual. So feel free to laugh at home, even by faith. John chapter four, verse 38 from the message to this. Jesus said, I sent you to harvest a field you never worked. Without lifting a finger, you have walked in on a field worked long and hard by others. One translation says, I sent you to reap where you've never even sown. Talk about that. Finally, one of the great passages of scripture, Mark chapter five, the story of Jairus, who is a spiritual leader, is basically a rabbi, a pastor in the local synagogue, <clears throat> says in Mark 5, 22, and behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and he begged him earnestly saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. Notice his confession, notice his testimony. He says, come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. He makes an emphatic declaration there. And the Bible says, verse 24, so Jesus went with him. Doesn't say Jesus said anything. It says, so in response to Jairus' faith declaration, Jesus went with him. You see it? And a great multitude followed him 
and thronged him. I, I read that mistakenly the other day. I said they thonged him, and I, I was glad that I was wrong. Anyway, now a certain woman, boy, do I miss you. Anyway, now a certain woman, and it goes into this woman with the issue of blood for 12 years, and there's this interruption. That's what we're going to talk about today. Then down to verse 34, Mark chapter 5, the end of the healing testimony of the woman with the issue of blood. And Jesus says to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. While he was still speaking to the woman, some came from the ruler of the synagogue, Jairus' house, who said, your daughter's dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? It's already too late. As soon as, watch the language here. As soon as Jesus heard that word that was spoken, she's dead. Don't bother Jesus anymore. Let him go. It's too late. He said to the ruler of the synagogue, these words, do not be afraid, only believe. Let's pray together one more time. God, would you open the eyes of our heart? Grant us a spirit of wisdom to see the unseen to believe the things that we haven't materialized yet and to trust you with greater faith than we've ever known before. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Faith of our fathers, this whole month of May, we're celebrating our 30th anniversary of Now Church. We're gonna have some old stories, some reminiscing, and a lot of looking ahead to the future. I wanna say a huge thank you once again we're gonna talk about faith fundamentals this month. Like an old greatest hits album of the 70s or 80s, there are, you know, on, on iTunes, they call them essentials. The greatest hits albums are now called the essentials of this group and that group. And we're gonna have the essential elements to the subject of faith this whole month. I don't know if you saw it, but I, I happen to turn by a new game show produced by Rob Lowe, hosted by Rob Lowe, called Mental Samurai uh, a week or two ago. And they have all these things that they have to guess things based on clues. And it's, a, it's kind of a cool game. She only watched for a few minutes, but as I watched, uh, it was really interesting because the contestant had in front of him two pictures and the, and the clue was, give me, uh, name a famous pop duo from the 70s and 80s based on these two clues. And the clue was a long hallway and a bowl of oatmeal. And the guy's going, I don't know, it looks like a hall, that looks like oats, that looks like a hall, that looked like oats. And they went through two and a half minutes of agonizing. I'm screaming the television. It's hall and oats, you idiot. Anyway, no, 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 I didn't say idiot. But this guy, he's bearded, he's, he's in his probably 30s. And man, Rob Lowe was going crazy because this guy didn't know hall and oats. And when they came back on, he said, Rob, Rob Lowe said, Guy, what did you see? You said it 10 times, but you never said the answer. Hall and Oates. And the guy goes, who's that? I never heard of them. And I felt like the ancient of days. Anyway, it's interesting. People have different perspectives, you know? Anyway, there's so much to learn and even refresh when it comes to the subject of faith. So that's what we're gonna do. In looking at the Faith Hall of Fame, which is what we call Hebrews chapter 11, God himself takes us as believers to his school of faith. The power and potential of living a life of strong faith. And every other 
Scripture in that chapter begins with or includes something like, by faith, they did this. Through faith, they did that. These giants of the faith weren't perfect people. In fact, the people included in there, I mean, there were some real sketchy guys. I mean, you know, when we think of Samson, we think of, you know, the haircut and spilling his guts to the wrong woman. We think of the guy that messed up. God included Samson in the Faith Hall of Fame. Did you know that? David was an adulterer and a murderer. God included him in the Faith Hall of Fame. There are some people in there. I wouldn't say David was sketchy, but I mean, it, listen, God put in all the stuff in the Bible about people to show us that God uses people by faith, even, there, even though they had moments where they weren't living faithfully. What a grace our God shows. And God didn't mind showing us their mistakes, their sins, and their weaknesses, but then still honored their feats of faith. They subdued kingdoms with it. They worked righteousness with it. They obtained promises. They stopped the mouths of lions. They quenched fire and became valiant in battle. David, by faith, defeated Goliath. When the books are written about our generation, it's gonna be weird if they say they had to stay home for eight or nine weeks to stop a virus. And that that's our big claim to fame. My friends, the suffering we're going through and the suffering we've been going through is nothing compared with these greats. And nothing compared with what a lot of people are going through around the world in the persecutions going on even now in our generation. I hope they write about our generation of 2020 they stood fast in faith in that generation, trusting God in the, in the midst of a worldwide pandemic, thinking not of themselves, but making instead a positive difference in the lives of everyone around them that they could, especially nurses and other frontline medical workers who were risking their lives on the pages of history. I hope it's something more like that and not wah, 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 they had to stay home in Florida. We're overcoming global destruction here by faith. That's why we're gonna get this right. We are not going to have wasted this couple of months by rushing back in and jumping back in. Many churches are doing what they're gonna do. That's great. I can't be responsible for them. And I, I admire, some of my great friends are, are, are having services this week, live gatherings, not just online. And I applaud them and I am excited for them. But we're gonna make sure that we do this thing the way God's telling us to. Um, I understand there's a video, I have not seen it, and I'll go in and throw to that right now. One of our special guests over the years, Bishop Michael Pitts, and I think he wants to say something about our anniversary, so let's see Bishop Pitts. I am so glad to be coming to you guys on this incredible anniversary during lockdown. So I say that we are locked down, but we are not. My joy is to know the Parachute family for all of these 30 years. And this anniversary, can you believe where time has gone? And to think that one of the greatest commodities that we have in the world today are pastors who are not um, building their resume or trying to get somewhere else or try to do anything other than steward and bless and pastor the people that God has entrusted to them 
and to be a voice in their community and their territory. Obviously, the parent chiefs have been all over the world, but they are special to you, and you are special to them. And they are certainly special to me. I was thinking today about a particular time in my life, maybe 15, 20 years ago, that it felt like everything in, in principalities and powers were working against me. I was like under some kind of crazy spiritual attack. And I remember being in Florida with you guys in Ocala and spending time with Richard and Gail and how they talked to me, prayed for me, and believed in me and for me. And I know they have done that for all of you for all of these years. And I want to say congratulations from the Pitts Palace of Plenty. Right? <laughs> oh, I'm going so crazy. I'm going to feed birds in the backyard and stuff like that. I don't know. Bring everything in the house. But anyway, the day will come when we can all see each other face to face, hug each other, and I look so much forward to it. So proud of you guys. So glad for the now church. So glad that your community has you. Stand up and be strong. Can't wait to see you next time. Bye. Oh, man. Uh, that, that's the Bishop Pitts we know and love and get to see behind the scenes. And I hope I can compose myself. That's so sweet. And we just love he and Pastor Kathy so much. Um, in the story of Jairus... In Mark chapter 5, we see that there are interruptions to life and even for our plans to God, for God to move on our behalf. There are interruptions in life. That's what happens. You're going one way and all of a sudden something happens. You're going on real good. There are always interruptions. I first preached this message. In fact, the very first sermon I ever preached was out of this text well over 30 years ago, as an insurance agent in Ocala, I had the privilege, I was down in Summerfield, and I met this young lady, 19 years old. She was part of my, I mean, I didn't just meet her that day, but she was, she was the daughter of one of my clients in the Pearson family. And Vaughn started asking me about Jesus. And she was raised in church, but I got to lead her to the Lord when she was ready, when she was hungry at 19. <clears throat> what nobody knew was that two weeks later, Vaughn Pearson had a aneurysm in her brain and died suddenly and tragically two weeks after I got to lead her to Jesus as an insurance agent, not as a pastor. And her mother asked me if I would preach, be the main preacher at her funeral service. And I just said, I'm not, I'm not a preacher. She said, yes, you are. God is on you. And you led her to Jesus. I want you to preach her funeral. So, so I went, uh, this was about 1987, 88. No, it had to be 87. Anyway, in the summer of 87, I went to a little church down in Summerfield. And I walked in, I was the only, I was the only Caucasian in the place crammed with people. And I'd been to African-American funerals before. I knew what to expect, but I didn't know what to expect with me being there to preach. And, and God gave me this message, fear not, only believe. When I came home from that, that Saturday funeral, I said to my wife, 
I know we're going to be pastors one day, but now I know we, we may be pastors of a black church. We're, going to, we're not going to just be a white church because I was at home and I was received and loved by those precious people. When Rabbi Jairus' daughter became so sick she was dying, he ran to Jesus, <clears throat> trusting him for a miracle. His faith statement, as I said earlier, revealed the condition of his heart. He said to Jesus, come with me, please. I, I, I beg you, I, I need you to come. Imagine if your daughter was sick and you were told she was dying. And Jesus is there with the man and the man says this, come, lay your hands on He didn't say, come because I'm a pastor. He didn't say, come because I'm a leader of the synagogue. He just said, come. Because if you'll lay your hands on her, she will be healed and she will live. And the next statement was, Jesus just went with him. You know, another man had just said about his servant, just speak the word, you don't even need to come. But this man's faith was, you come lay your hands on her and she'll be healed. God always meets us at our point of faith, not at anybody else's. His plan for you is individual, it's tailor-made. We are a community and, he, and his, his plan for us as a church, as a local church and a local community of believers uh, um, is individual, it's tailored for us. It's never one size fits all. That's how our God works. And so Jesus went with him. The only problem was, <laughs> A funny thing happened on the way to the miracle. Another person, a woman with a medical condition, cut the line. Don't you hate when people cut the line? I'll just be honest. Uh, when I'm at Disney and I've waited in the hot sun and suddenly somebody comes in, they kind of start easing their way, trying to, trying to maneuver past me. I'm usually the one that says, hey, hey. No, no, no. Like the other day at Publix when they still had the one-way streets, I just wanted to be the traffic cop in public because nobody was obeying them. And I want to say, no, this is X, that's arrow. I wanted to try to do it, but I didn't. I resisted. I resisted temptation. They wouldn't have understood me anyway because I was wearing a mask. Anyway, understand that this woman cuts the line in Jairus' book, not in Jesus' book. That's the important distinction. In Jairus' book, that this woman cut the line she accessed Jesus' anointing that Jairus thought was reserved for his daughter. Jesus says he felt healing virtue released, come out of him when, quote unquote, somebody touched me in a crowd. And Jairus' sundial was ticking away. Imagine how anxious you would be with this kind of an interruption in the moment when, when your daughter is dying and at death's door. When we're praying for miracles, how, much, how many times do we say, God, where are you? It seems like it's too late. Don't you know that I've been praying, I'm asking, I'm, in, I'm believing and this one is suffering. Answer my prayer, Lord. Time seemingly lost in Jairus' world, in his mind and maybe in your thoughts during this lockdown. I wanna tell you it's not been lost time. Jairus felt that 
there was an, uh, this time had been lost to somebody with aggressive faith. Somebody else, but they, she cut in on him. And I want to say this to you. Maybe you're in a, in a season of your life right now where you're just going, I just want to get out of this. Can I tell you that there's a lot of people, we all want to get out of this, but we want to get out of it right because we want to get through it the way God, we, I, I, for one, I don't want to do over. You ever had those, um, and they said, well, if you, if you take the test and you fail it, you got to take it again. My friend, I don't want to take this one again. Do you? And so I want, I'm deci- I've decided we're going to use time on our side to re-enter this thing right and very tailor-made and specific. Why? Because interruptions from other people cannot throw our God off the trail. Your miracle is still on the way. Your breakthrough is still coming. Nobody else took God's power from you. Nobody else can do it. I'm sure Jairus was probably happy that this woman was healed. I'm sure he had compassion for her and thought, oh, that's so nice. But time is of the essence. Tick, 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 tick. He is, he is going crazy here. We got to get to moving, Jesus. I'm happy for her, but we got to get moving. Please hurry. His faith was Jesus has to lay hands on her and heal her before she dies. Jesus even stops to minister more personally to the woman. He didn't just go, somebody touch me, God bless you. He stopped and interviews her, talks to her, and makes sure she is whole, not just healed. Just then, breaking news, the little girl is dead, it's too late, the servant comes. Jairus' staff member from his home comes and even says, why do you trouble the teacher any further? Now, it's interesting that, he's, that this person says this. Teacher, teacher, why trouble the teacher? Now, I want to say teachers, we've learned through this time, are VIPs. You're some of the heroes of this thing too. I think everybody has a new appreciation for all of your teachers, all of you that are connected with this church, we've always known, but we appreciate you even more now. This person said, kind of categorized Jesus as <clears throat> a teacher, you know, the, the good teacher. Can I just say this to you? You don't know Jesus if you think he's just a teacher. To as many as received him, he gave the power. Jesus said, you receive, who receives you receives me, who receives me, receives him who sent me. He that receives a prophet, in the name of a prophet, receives a prophet's reward. This person came with a really negative report and they didn't use the teacher in, the, in a good way. They used it as limitation. Don't bother the teacher, it's too late, she's dead. We're gonna plan a funeral. My friends, what do you do when circumstances interfere with your breakthrough? Yeah, I, I know what human tendency is, because I'm human too. Hissy fit. Speak negative words. Whine. Go into a victim, oh, why God, why? curse or be mad at the woman. But I want to say this to you. Listen good. What appears to be an interruption to people is never a disruption to God. Let me say it again. What appears to be an interruption to people 
is never a disruption to God. Human events never throw God off schedule for a miracle, right? Don't, we can't live by the calendar. We live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Saw a funny meme the other day online. You probably saw it. The worst wasted purchase of 2019, a 2020 day planner. I thought I heard a groan out there. Anyway, when Jesus is moving toward Jairus' house, it may seem like Jairus' miracle got delayed, but it would not be denied. I want to encourage you to watch your words, watch your habits, watch your reactions to the news. The word says that when Jesus heard doubt-filled words that were spoken, the Son of God said to Jairus these words, do not be afraid, only believe. I was thinking about um, sometimes with, the, with my grandkids in the pool, they remind me of my childhood when we used to play freeze tag. Sometimes now my grandsons are playing Sonic from the, from the Sonic the Hedgehog movie with Jim Carrey recently. And Sonic makes the whole world, I think he says, pause, and everybody freezes, and then he pushes things to where he wants them to be before they unfreeze. This is Jesus saying, freeze. Jairus, pause. Don't react here. Don't say anything. Don't push away. And when I did a word study, this is so cool. If you didn't hear anything else in the message, hear this. When Jesus says, be not afraid, the word in the Greek, we'll put it up there on the screen for you, is the word phobeo, from which we get the word phobia. Phobia. But look what, look what it means. To put to flight by being seized with terror to be scared away. Jesus says, don't be running away now from what you said before. Don't be running away from your faith confession just because all this has happened. Don't run away because that person's told you the worst possible scenario and the worst possible news. Don't phobia. Don't be scared away. Don't run away, put to flight by being seized with terror. And I love that. Only believe, the Greek word, I'm not gonna put it on the screen for you. It's the word pisteo, but simply listen to what it means. To place confidence in, to rest assured, or to entrust to another. Jesus said, be not put to flight or seized with terror by what you just heard that she's dead but place your confidence in, rest assured, and entrust me. Don't be scared away by this news. Just do one thing, only. When he said only, it literally means alone, single, singularly. One thing, do one thing, do one thing. Be confident in God. Jesus said, be confident in me that I've already got this. And Jesus goes, clears out the doubters, by the way, that's another whole message. He clears out the people that are crying and planning the funeral. 
And then he speaks to her and resurrects her from the dead by saying, to these people, you're dead. To me, you're just asleep. So wake up. My friends, there's a whole lot of things right now that, are, that seem dead that are just asleep. To our God, as Pastor Gail said earlier, she didn't know what I was gonna preach today, by the way, when she shared that earlier. I'm telling you, I am charging you with what we learned last month about the Elijah uh, prophetic anointing on us as a generation. Be the prophetic ones now, these next few days, weeks, and months to start speaking to the businesses you drive by, to start speaking life to the things that are struggling, to start speaking life to the people who are gonna tell you, oh, I can't believe the governor said this or the president's doing that or whatever. Listen, it, for, there's a lot of doubt out there. There's a lot of negativity. Why? Because misery loves company. But you and I are to be singularly focused and minded to not phobia, not run away from our promise, not run away from what we just said, from what we just believed, from how we just trusted God, but instead to entrust it to Jesus. Stand strong when it looks like world situations have kept God from moving on your behalf because that's the lie of the enemy of your soul. Nothing can separate you from the love of God or from his promises and purposes. God can do many things at one time. Don't run away when doubt speaks. Shut your mouth from agreeing with the lie and only believe, only trust God. Mark chapter nine, a few chapters later in the same book, Jesus says to a, to a man, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And trust to the God who promised. We close with a reminder as our takeaway today. Somebody already plowed the ground where you just reaped a harvest. John 4, 38 in our text today, Jesus said, I've called you to go into a harvest field where you've never even planted seed and to reap the harvest. In other words, there are fathers, there are mothers in the faith who have already gone and done something and you've got to know that they've plowed the ground for you. You just have to buy faith. Go reap the harvest. God's blessing is that you and I get to reap even where we haven't even sown yet. Some of what you are beginning to walk in, in the goodness of God, is because of what previous generations have sacrificed. And others of you that are first generation Christ followers, you gotta begin to think of your children and your grandchildren and great grandchildren and what you're handing down to them. As we celebrate the 30th anniversary as a church, we recognize we are standing on the shoulders of faithful men and women who risked everything to obey their heavenly call, their heavenly calling. I'll close with this. There's an old hymn of the church. It was written in the 1800s to honor the martyrs that were killed for Jesus, for Jesus' sake, <clears throat> pardon me, during a massive persecution in Europe. There's several verses. I just want to read a couple of them, and then we're going to pray for you. Faith of our fathers, living still, in spite of dungeon, fire, and sword, Oh, how our hearts beat high with joy whene'er we hear that glorious word.
faith of our fathers, holy faith. We will be true to thee till death. Faith of our fathers, we will strive to win all nations unto thee. And through the truth that comes from God, mankind shall then be truly free. My friends, this month we need to be mindful and thankful for the leaders of the past as we look to fulfill our destiny by preparing for our future. May you be filled afresh with the spirit of faith to make a difference with your life and have passion to help others experience the life-changing power of a relationship with Jesus Christ. We are set to come stronger out of this situation than when we went into it. And I wanna challenge you right now to open your heart. You know what you have to do if you've been one of the doubters or you've been one of the complainers or you've been one of the ones saying how bad it all is and how sick you are of it all? Watch your words, repent. Don't, don't smooth it over. God, I ask you to forgive me for my doubt, for my fear, for my unbelief. Fill me with the spirit of faith and let the words of life, the words of hope, the words of faith come forth out of my heart and out of my mouth and give me, give me the power, Lord, to speak your word when I'm under pressure and to praise you by lifting my hands when I'm under siege. My friends, you and I are destined to come through this thing and come out of it stronger than we went in. I pray in the name of Jesus for you and for your family. I break the assignments of hell in the name of Jesus. And, uh, and those the pressures trying to tell you how bad everything is or how bad everything's gonna be and how long it's gonna take with our God, he's gonna multiply, he's gonna redeem, he's gonna gather, he's gonna pour out his spirit and strengthen you once again. Do you know him? That's the big issue right now. Do you know Jesus like you thought you did? Or have you backed away? Have you let bad habits take you into spiritual laziness and allow you to go down into a spiritual funk, a, 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 a pit, a downward spiral? I say to you today, lift up, arise, Get up, believe again. Do not be afraid. Do not phobia. Do not run away scared by what you've been hearing. But keep believing, keep trusting, and keep entrusting your heart, your soul, your finances, your life to God who loves you and gave himself for you. In Jesus' mighty name. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.